thing today or uh what's going on bro because uh DJ show you know I mean, yeah. just... should i put mine on or what no. just kidding bro. i'm gonna take mine off i don't want to be one of those fools that wear sunglasses inside unless i'm dj you know what i mean <laughs> hey guys welcome to another episode of cryptic conversations i'm your host tunes from the crypt and we have another very special episode in store today today's guest is a man named james shen James is a multifaceted individual whose life is an enchanting blend of science and art. James is a brilliant chemist by day and a music producer and podcast host by night. Known by the pseudonym of Shenanigans, he is a master of harmonies both in the laboratory and the recording studio. Shenanigans is an EDM project with a focus on house music. By day, he delves into the mysteries of molecules and reactions seeking to unlock the secrets of the natural world. By night, he weaves intricate melodies and rhythms, creating sonic landscapes that captivate the soul. In this episode, we'll explore the fascinating intersections of science and music, the creative alchemy that occurs when two seemingly different worlds collide, and the profound insights that emerge from James's unique journey. Get ready for a harmonious conversation that celebrates the synergy of art and science. Welcome, James. Wow, man. I uh, Dude, I'm honored to have uh, you write that little bio for me, man. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Ser- seriously, because, uh, you know, it's not often that, uh, uh, you know, like I said, you, you know, you get summed up in a little bit. <laughs> right? And then like, uh, but like I said, man, I'm honored and, uh, um, you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm honored to be here, man. And uh, yeah. like I said, you know, as much as uh, I do, like, um, you know, I don't really take that many interviews or, you know, or whatever. So like, uh, like I said, man, I figure this is a great opportunity for us to get to know each other a little bit better too, man. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and like I said, man, shoot the shit, man. So I've been excited for this uh, interview, man. So yeah, cool. So we can dive right, right into it. You know, uh, well, I, wanna, well, I, think, uh, I, I hate when people say podcasts are interviews, man, because technically we're just hanging out, man. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, it's not an interview, but, uh, you know, yeah. let's let's fucking go, man. Let's do it, man. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to start this one off a little bit differently, seeing as, you know, this is kind of a nice change of pace from uh, all of the spiritual teachers that I've had on lately. So I thought with 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 this episode with me and you, I thought let's start by talking about current events. Um, let's talk about uh, Electric Zoo and Burning Man. I'm sure you're aware of what happened this weekend. Do you know about what happened with Zoo and Burning Man? Um, I don't know what happened with Izu, but I, obviously I do know what happened to Burning Man. I mean, it's it's on the fucking front page of like the you know BBC man AP. Oh, News. it was yeah. Fuck, dude. But yeah. uh, what happened at Izu? Dude, it was a whole shit show. It was a mess, bro. I, let me see. I took a a screenshot. Wait, basically, wait, wait. people try to bu- bum rush it in, basically, right? Yeah, but the thing about it was, is those were all ticket holders, and the, the Electric Zoo tried to tell them like, oh, like we're at capacity. It's like, dude, I bought a ticket to your show, like. I'm getting in, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, let me read this. So the first day of Electric Zoo, the event was postponed on Friday due to production concerns and supply chain delays. <laughs> the second day, the event started late due to production and pers- personnel problems, causing thousands of customers to wait in line. The appalling will call, you know, uh, lines for over four hours. A large number of people were refused entry. And then on Sunday, the last day, you know, Electric Zoo put out a statement saying they're at capacity due to challenges caused by Friday's cancellation and that they weren't accepting any more attendees. So people rushed the gates by the thousands, bro. Like, 
that's a whole that's a mess bro electric zoo they have to they have to do a better job with with that you know what i mean <clears throat> where is electric zoo held again Michigan? that's in new, new york new york okay yeah you know, at the end of the day man this is what it's all about these promoters are very very greedy people you know they exactly festivals yeah and uh they take people's money man i mean at the end of the day i've been in the scene for a very very long time man and uh you know, I, right now, although EDM and festivals, actually not even EDM, it's just festivals are really, really hot. You know, the mainstream now knows about festivals, right? Yeah. Think about like the Travis Scott Festival, like people died because oh, they, yeah. they they oversold the festival. Um, the crowd gets rowdy because yep. especially the type of music, like depending on the type of music that you bring this type of crowd and energy. Right. And um, dude, you know, but, you know, these things happen, man. And uh um but whenever you try to commercialize like uh, a festival and you put it into a lot of people's hands like the the you know these things happen and there's insurance for these things too basically right so um you know, you know like i said it's just uh it's irresponsible but um you know for burning man like you know they do this every year right and then everybody knows about the mud and everything yeah. like um you know i have friends that go out there every year Dude, they're very hardcore people. I can see them still enjoying themselves out there. Yeah. Because, uh, that's like their one thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> here, you, you know what I yeah. mean? I've been like quite a few times, man. And uh, I realized I was just like, it's not really my thing. You know what I mean? It's like really far. It's really expensive <laughs> for what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I like I like a splash house, man. <laughs> the Palm Springs yeah. is not far. You know what I mean? People are sexy. Is You know what I mean? <laughs> The DJs are good, right? Yeah. And then uh, uh, it's like a little weekend trip. And yeah. I don't go all the way to Burning Man and bring my own water and supplies. But <laughs> some people, they want to do that. That's, you know, I went like five times and I realized. Five, I was, five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not a burner, man. Like, because I would just go with friends that wanted to go, you know what yeah. I mean? And um, yeah, I realized I'm not enjoying myself uh, each time. You know, the first time I was really excited, right? And then... Um, but like I said, every single time I would get some bad vibes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like example, what? <clears throat> one at the very last day, everybody's brain cells are fucking fried, and uh, you know it's people, it's seven days, right? It's actually nine days, and people go even even earlier to set up camp, basically. Okay, so um, uh, I would recommend only going from like Thursday to Sunday max, basically. You, you know, something like that. But um, you know, anyways, you got to bring your own trash in and out, right? So. I remember sitting at my friend's camp and I wasn't really like uh, part of this camp, but my friends were there and I was just hanging out waiting for them to to kind of leave. And I was eating one of my own granola bars and then I took the granola bar wrapper and threw it in their trash. And this lady got so mad at me because she was like, dude, why are you throwing this granola bar wrapper in our <laughs> trash? It's our trash. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> wow, dude. Like, you know, you could have just like, like, uh, it's I mean, it's better, far. dude. It's it's better than you throwing it on the ground, you know. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. I could have just picked it up, but like at the end, of the day, this is the type of mentality at Burning Man. It's our camp. It's not. It's not a. It's not a, uh, a plural place, man. Like, you oh, know, really? Like, no, no. It's 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 not a. I went there as a person of the rave scene, and I thought it would be like that, but it's not. It's it's about radical uh self-expression and radical yeah. self-reliance those are the if you look principles, up the principles yeah. of burning man it's not peace love unity respect like the rave scene is basically basically <clears throat> okay it's a completely different set of principles it's like hip-hop we have it's a f different set of pillars basically yeah hip-hop so the thing is like it's a completely different artist kind of like scene 
And uh, it's pretty radical. Like I said, for me, like um, I like, you know, uh, it, you know, it's nice to visit. And definitely it's like I've told some friends if they want to go back, I'll go back with them. But is you kind of like you have to commit to a uh, a camp. And back in the day when I went, they didn't even have cell phone service over there. And um, now they do, which is it's, it's like better. Uh, but also yeah. it kind of like takes a little bit of the vibe away. You know what I mean? Because you're not completely off the grid, basically. Mm. Right. So like, um, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, it's changed. It's not good enough for me. It was never uh, it was always really cool. But I just realized this is not really my crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like uh, it felt like there was a lot of like elitist people there and uh, uh. they were kind of uh, not that friendly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If you weren't part, because like I said, I had a lot of friends that were in camp. So I would go visit them and kind of just go join them and say what's up and say hello. Like there yeah. were friendly people, but there were definitely a lot of unfriendly people that were like, oh, hey, yeah. you're part of our camp. I'm going to be a fucking complete asshole to you. Because it's oh, like a gifting, it's a gifting society. It's not a barter society. People always think it's a barter society, like a yeah. made a fucking can of tuna. It's like, nah, you gotta actually go there and be cool to people, and people will just offer you things. But if you come there with nothing, you might die. Like you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't have any water, you don't have any food, like there's no like stands where you can buy like there's yeah. only you can buy ice and coffee. I think that that's like really all you can buy there at center. Yeah, you know what I mean? Damn, that's crazy. Um, yeah, so yeah, man. Anyways, that's Burning Man for you, yeah. dude. Tell so, him from an experienced person, just go to Splash House, dude. <laughs> you know, go to EDC if you want to get crazy, man. Okay. Yeah. You know, but at least you can, you know, find places to buy things. Unless you want to, you know, uh, fucking drink the Kool-Aid and join one of these camps. And, like, you got to work a bunch and just do a lot of, like, uh, communal <laughs> stuff, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean, and they're going to try to fuck your girlfriend, too, basically. Oh. <laughs> <these> camps. <laughs> Damn, yeah, like you know, I think it's funny that you said it took you it took you five times to learn that you weren't a burner. I figured I figured you'd learn after the first time, but it took you well, five. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I think it was just like for me. I, I was actually I was taking a few a lot of gr- a lot of times I went with like, oh, this girl's interested in going. Like, I'll take you. Fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. Like, you know, I mean, let's go because like nobody else had like really been. So I was like taking people for their first time, oh, like, yeah, yeah. times. You know what I mean? And then. uh um like i said after a little while i was just like i think like 2013 or something like that was like my last year or something like that you know you know something like that yeah so what Uh, about what about the last day when the man burns was that like a spiritual experience for you or like oh yeah yeah, definitely in the air it's just like there's electricity in the air like everybody's kind of like imagine like you know old school style you're lining up an army and then like there's just a whole clock row of you know basically uh unorganized edc okay like, yeah. like going off like there, you know there's like amazing art structure cars that like you know think about this there's people that bring a whole crane carrying like a fucking cage uh okay <laughs> construction crane yeah cage with people dancing inside and then yeah. that crane is like decked out you know what i mean and another yeah. guy would bring a fucking whole art car that's like um <clears throat> blowing fire as a dragon you know what i mean and then like uh, uh basically it's just like everybody this is whole think about all those little art cars around yeah, yeah, yeah. insomniac events like there's a whole bunch of people driving them and it's even more elaborate basically so everybody kind of like there's a distance that you can get up to up to the man and then um <clears throat> the man basically starts to burn there's fireworks but dude oh, man yeah. you know a few years ago like somebody ran to the man while oh, yeah. they and they died right and he killed himself like you, you know what i mean so it's like dude people are crazy bro yeah like, you know what i mean so um it was definitely really cool for me uh but like i didn't really feel like anything 
it wasn't more spectacular to me than the moment that the EDC fireworks go off and there's oh, okay. fireworks all around. Yeah, that fireworks show is is intense. It's it, amazing. That, it's the best fireworks show in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like for me, I've been to Disneyland. I've been to fucking Pasadena, the city one or whatever. But no, nah, dude, that shit is like the best because it goes off like over and over and over and again in the fucking night. And the music is just like, you know, hitting you at the same time. Right. So like, absolutely. That's the best fucking fireworks show for yeah. me. Like, uh, like, honestly, man, like EDC is probably like the pinnacle of like a rave for all the raves. I've Las Vegas, EDC, Las Vegas. I have to clarify, basically. It's probably the pinnacle for like if you want to show somebody a rave scene, like I think that's the uh, episode you got. I mean, that's the uh, uh, rave you got to take them to give them the full experience. Oh, right? yeah. 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 It's like my favorite thing is if back in the day I would be like, all right, go to EDC for one day and then hit a pool party in Vegas, chill out, relax mm -hmm. and then uh, come home. But I don't know. I feel like I'm probably not going to go to EDC until I play it or something like that anymore, man. I think those days are behind me. Oh, yeah. me too, man. It's so expensive. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I also it's just like, you know, uh, there's a lot of things to do. And I've been to I'm not one of those people that want to do the same thing over and over again every single year, man. Right. So it's just like I've been at EDC quite a few times. And uh, um, like I said, unless it's like somebody really special that I want to take for the first time, like, you know, to experience the rape scene, like I feel like uh, it's not something I want to do, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay so, so yeah talking about edc you know let's let's dive into you know your story um you know so tell me about your early life where did you grow up where'd you go to school and what was your family like yeah um i grew up in uh west covina and uh covina uh and san dimas area basically basically <laughs> east sgv you, you know um i was born in monterey park uh i went to mm. south hills high school but the thing is oh, yeah, like, that's right high school I, w I was I graduated South Hills High School in Covina, uh, you know, home of Jason Giambi, home of, uh, yeah. uh, you, you know, a lot of famous baseball players, basically. And uh, um, in high school, I also went to uh, one year, a freshman year, I went to international school at Kuala Lumpur. And then sophomore year, I went to uh, um, Taipei American School in Taiwan. So, mm. like, um, I had a lot of international experience, I guess, like, oh, yeah before I went back, but that's because my family moved there. My family's uh, uh, basically from Taiwan, um, uh -huh. but uh, my grandparents are from China where they escaped to uh, Taiwan after during the second world war, basically. Oh, wow. And my, uh, my parents immigrated over to um, America uh, in the eighties and uh, I was born here basically. So, uh, you know, I still have a lot of like strong Chinese, yeah. uh, Heritage and I speak Chinese at home, so I speak it fluently. I do a lot of like business uh, in uh, Asia, and um, basically, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, but you know, I'm pretty much a SGV LA guy, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, what 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 what's that difference like between Taiwan and China? Is it like two completely different things? Like, mm, good question. Um, Taiwan basically, what happened was during World War II, like there was a communist revolution and. Uh, the communists basically um, overtook uh, the, the China region and the original government, which was called the nationalists. OK, they um, they originally controlled China. But during World War Two, after they were fighting with Japan for so long, there was a civil war and the oh, nationalists wow. basically all moved over to Taiwan. So basically it was kind of like the ruling class moved over to Taiwan. So think about like 
professors, business people, mm-hmm. military, they all yeah. moved to Taiwan. All the people who ended up staying in China were kind of like uh, the communist uh, revolution people. So kind of like the farmers, um, <clears throat> you know, all those people. Yeah. That's why there's this two uh, kind of country dispute that's going on in the news yeah. all the time too, basically. You, you heard about it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I guess I consider my family Taiwanese nowadays, but, but you know, historically my family yeah. was Chinese too. So like, uh, um, you know, like I said, but at the end of the day, like I'm American, man, like, uh, you know, it affects me as much as it affects uh, you basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, uh, like, like I said, you know, within Taiwan, there's no like right or wrong side because even within Taiwan, there's like some political factions and it's like which political faction do you want to support in taiwan right oh so it's, yeah it's a very complicated issue basically yeah. like the media kind of just makes it like oh taiwan's a democracy they're good china's yeah. uh, uh communist socialist yeah. country. they're bad basically but it's like it's like very complicated you know oh I mean? yeah so, um but yeah man i mean uh, uh going to school uh in taiwan was pretty cool time i went to school in taipei it's basically like the new york city of uh, uh, taiwan taiwan so i mean like you know um you could like just basically imagine new york city that's what taipei looks <laughs> you know oh, I mean? nice. so, yeah okay so i'm wondering you know how did you decide on becoming a, a chemist you know was that always a choice or how did you fall into that um i, I wouldn't say it's always a choice man to be a chemist uh, i actually used to be a uh when i took my SATs, man, and applied for fucking college. I was uh, applying to be an engineer, man. And, okay. you know, I, I basically got Dude, out. I was going to say, you strike me as an engineer kind of a guy. Oh, man. Well, I'm definitely not smart enough to be an engineer. <laughs> that's why I had to change the chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's why I had to change the chemistry because my grade <laughs> cut it out. I used to Santa Barbara to be uh, an engineer. You know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, after I got out of college, uh, um, you know, I went to work as a pharmaceutical rep uh, mm. for, um, you know, a certain company. Basically, we don't need to shout them out. <laughs> shout out to the pharmaceutical <laughs> rep. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I just learned a lot about the world, man. That was my my dream job, basically. You know, I thought I had made it, man. I, I'm making, like, a really good uh, salary. Uh, you know, I got a car. I got an expense account. I drove my oh, car yeah. Burning Man, dude. My company car because oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I got unlimited mileage and a gas card on if I paid a certain a certain amount on a month. Okay. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully you brought it back with a car wash. Oh, dude, man, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but you know, sometimes I'd rent cars and they just get the insurance if you're going to Burning Man. Then you can bring it back like just all fucked up, and they're like, oh, dude, yeah. I insurance, bro. Like, what can you say? Like, you know. But um, but yeah, no, you know. And after that, I started uh. Like I said, I just wasn't really happy. And then I met a few key contacts in the in the industry for, you know, business. And then like uh, I started my own company in uh, 2012. And then um, and then uh, here we are, man. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. Time flies, man. You know, nice. but, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, just keeping busy, man. Yeah. You know, I, decided, I made a decision at some point that I wasn't going to have uh, children. And it was like the most relieving uh choice of my life because my brother ended up having uh my niece and nephew so now kind of like the family line is continued (laughs) so basically i was like dude what the fuck do i want to do now like you know i realized i was like dude i want to be an artist and be a you know music producer and uh dj shows man so uh here we are dude you know Mm -hmm. 
So tell me, you know, how did your career as a chemist get you into starting the L.A. Street Art Gallery blog and community? It didn't actually. It didn't oh. actually <clears throat> at all. During the period of time, I was uh, a pharmaceutical rep and then my territory was the uh, Hollywood area, basically. And um, I basically that was the period of time that Banksy was going through L.A., and I was like, dude, is anybody taking pictures of this stuff, man? Like, this stuff is absolutely amazing, man. Like, oh wow. And um, if you haven't seen the movie Exit Through the Gift Shop, it's a it's a worthy movie to watch about street art. And um basically I was just like <clears throat> opened my eyes to this whole uh global community of street artists, right? I, I I didn't notice anything about graffiti at all. I thought it was just like bad people going and like defacing shit. Yeah. Basically. But then I learned about this whole street art community and all these different artists in L.A. were coming up who were actually visually artists who were inspired by the movie going out and starting to do really, really cool pieces. So as I'm delivering this, uh, these drugs, to these doctors feeling uninspired, I just started taking pictures of these uh, street art going up and putting it in a Facebook group. And ah. then so basically that that. I found out I was like, oh, there's no um, L.A. Street Art Gallery dot com taken. So I just ah. bought that. And then, you know, there's a whole network of really, really cool artists doing a lot of cool things. And then I had a friend doing video at the time and uh, he wanted to document them for his uh, portfolio. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely we started documenting them. And then as I got to know a lot of the artists, I just thought this was such a cool community, just like the rave community. I actually yeah. Loved. It was all underground. You had to be there and kind of get to know people. It was a different scene because it was art shows instead of raves, right? But hey, the alcohol was free and uh, things were kind of cool to look at there, <laughs> you know, and they had DJs there too. So oh, I, yeah. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, I started getting gigs as a DJ for these um, art shows, man, right? <clears throat> and you were, doing, you were doing hip hop at the time, right? Yeah, I was DJing clubs. Um, I, well, I was also doing some electronic dance music too. Oh, okay. I used to DJ at a at a uh, at quite a few clubs um, at the time. Like we had a crew, and then we would throw events at like Avalon for like during the sp Spun Day days and like uh, Circus Arena, those, mm. those types of um, areas and stuff. What like that. Uh, what year was this? Um, when the last time during that period of time, it was probably like two thousand six or seven or something. When you like started, that. okay. When I started DJing at clubs for, yeah. um, at clubs for uh, in Hollywood, basically, yeah. I was already DJing, um, in college at my fraternity parties, like hip hop and throwing my own raves actually oh, in college, uh, role parties basically at my fraternity house. You know, huge uh -huh. like kind of like uh, we would tarp up the walls of the fraternity house and then like have all the girls come over and do like glow in the dark like kind of like paint on the walls as like kind of like oh, nice interactive thing so for me it was always like kind of like about art and music together you, you community, know right? yeah community yeah exactly and also just like i love the underground rave scene man like you know i, I actually really grew up a lot in the norcal rave scene mm. and uh, <clears throat> i went to a lot of different parties up there and the vibe up there during that period of time it was like trance was really popular and, uh, you know, people were just really, really fucking nice, man. Like, uh, it changed my whole perspective on, like, how I should fucking be, actually, man. Like, you know, because I grew up in hip-hop. It was cool to act hard and fucking a little bit mean. Uh, <laughs> you know, I also talked, <laughs> which has a little bit of attitude, a little bit of edge. And then here comes a scene that's kind of, like, new and, um, you know, 
the people are nice as fuck, basically. And uh, it kind of just, you know, every, people are rolling and stuff like yeah. that. And then um, it kind of just made me question, like, dude, why is this other scene of hip hop being commercialized so much right now? And it's kind of going downhill. Like this scene is so much cooler than hip hop, man. So and uh, what do you know, man? Like, you know, hip hop has changed quite a bit in the past few uh, years, I guess, you know, 15 years uh, when, yeah. I, when I started listening to it. Basically. When I when I was, yeah. you know, so how did you get into music? Like, you know, in wanting to start DJing, like, did you play music as a kid? You know, and, and well, what what really <clears throat> made you decide on becoming a DJ? Um. Well, as a kid, I really liked, uh, like I said, my first ever love uh, of a group man was the Beatles. Man, my cousin introduced me to the Beatles, nice. and I was just like, all of a sudden, I had like albums and albums that of tapes he made me that uh to listen to so i just like really kind of like dove into their artistry and you know as a kid like you don't want to try so many new things once you like something you kind of like stick with it right so for years like uh um i only listened to that <clears throat> beatles basically and i was listening to like uh but you know pop i remember i always say that my first seed my first few tapes or cds that i bought was like uh green day dookie it was uh i was joking it's ace of bass i just love that tape <laughs> really really horrible like uh pop stuff if you in retrospect you know you know and, and not the, it's not the coolest you know and and whoop there it is and whoop there it is exactly <laughs> those, are, those are my shit basically you know and uh, you don't know what to listen to as a kid and then uh um i started like uh after that i started getting into tupac too basically so oh yeah I'm a fucking tupac fanatic man everything like you know, I I know everything and ever anything and everything about fucking Tupac. Basically. Oh yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, so uh, for years I just dove into that. I'm a big like '70s rock guy, man. And um, you know, just uh, from Tupac, I got into a lot of West Coast hip hop, all the East Coast hip hop during that period of time. I got into as well. Um, <clears throat> now for DJing, to be honest, it's not. It's kind of weird how I got into DJing. Um, you know. I wasn't so much into metal, but then like Lincoln Park kind of came on the radio um, and uh, there was an Asian guy. There's well, one and a half Asian guys, because there's Mike Shinoda, who's a half Japanese. Yeah. And there's Joseph Han, who's a Korean in there. And he was the first ever <clears throat> aside from James Eha from Smashing Pumpkins. They were the first ever Asian people that were ever I've ever seen in the music uh, <clears throat> mainstream. Basically. Yeah, and um, I was like, oh, dude, what is this guy doing in the back? Like, he's just kind of like, what are you scratching or some shit? Like, whatever, oh, yeah, yeah. whatever he was doing, you know what I mean? And then uh, so I was just kind of like obsessed, like, dude, man, this, this is pretty cool. And apparently there's opportunity for Asian people inside uh, this world of DJing, right? So I kind of <laughs> like looked into it. I started getting into like people like DJ Cuber at the time, like uh, old, other DJs like Spin Bad, man. These are just like DJs from like the old school. If you If you want to look it up um some of it doesn't even hold a lot of it doesn't even hold up man you know uh beastie boys kind of stuff like you yeah. know their dj and stuff like that so just kind of figuring out like what the fuck did these guys do because there was no youtube tiktok explaining at that time i just knew that there was some really expensive equipment i couldn't afford and there was some guys doing it you, you know yeah okay. so then i went to <clears throat> i went to uh some parties and i would just basically go try to watch the dj to figure out what the fuck they're doing this, this is like vinyl at the time yeah yeah it's yeah. not like there's not like cdjs and us yeah. yeah people were carrying crates there yeah right? so um at my when i went into college uh 
I met these dudes. They were in a fraternity and they were like, hey, uh, you want to learn how to DJ? Then you got you can join the fraternity. And I was like, all right, fuck it, dude. I'll fuck <laughs> the fraternity. Yeah. So that ended up being like a very tough thing to do. But anyways, I still joined. And uh, like I said, they barely taught me how to DJ. But one of the guys who didn't really use his turntables lended me his turntables. So from there, I was able to kind of just like uh, uh, start DJing and throwing parties and like get at least starting a library of like how DJs collect uh, uh, music, you know. And then, nice. you know, I going raving and, uh, um, you know, I started collecting those records, man. Like, right. So it's just like I have a love of record collecting. So um, so uh, who would you say who would you say is your like top three like hip hop influences from from over the years? Like as artists, basically. Yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, I got to see Tupac because I already mentioned him, right? Okay. Um, probably I love like, uh, uh, you know, I'm a Nas guy. Nas, I'm a, okay. I'm a fucking atmosphere guy. All right. Yeah, yeah I was gonna uh, say so. So mine, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Tech Nine. I really like yeah, Tech Nine. What, what do you like uh, about Tech Nine? Oh man, dude, just I just really resonate with all of his songs, and he he raps so fast, and like I don't know, like, and he was also into that like Juggalo world, so I guess you know, like he was my my favorite. And you said atmosphere, I loved atmosphere, I loved Immortal Technique, and oh, actually oh. one of my favorites though was Gangstar. You know, Gangstar. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, yeah I love Gangstar, definitely, bro. Uh, on my top, man. Like you yeah. know, so many good good rappers from that period, man, and they were really poets. You know, my thing, I think that <clears throat> ever since Jay Z announced that. I don't write shit down, right? Jay Z started saying, "I don't write shit down." There's a video. Oh, of he Lil does it. Yeah, there's a video of Lil Wayne going, "Oh, dude, this dude doesn't write anything down." Like, I'm gonna stop writing stuff down. I gotta make it. But if you notice, once people stop writing stuff down, the quality oh, content oh, yeah. of the fucking poetry started going down. Oh yeah, like really bad. Like you know what I mean? I'm, yeah, all me the rapper, all the rappers these days are like, "Oh, yeah, I don't write. I just freestyle." You know, and it's like, no wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, like I said, there there are good rappers out there right now. Um, definitely, like, you know, Corday. I like Corday. You know, there's quite a few different types of rappers that are out there right now. And, um, you know, they're doing their thing. But, you know, the whole scene for hip hop, uh, just, you know, I've used to produce hip hop as well. And it's just not really my vibe anymore, man. I used to yeah. produce the battle rappers. You know, I mean, this is the most hardcore. This is like some eight mile shit going on in LA. There's a whole scene just like yeah. rape, underground battle rap, battle rappers doing their yeah. thing. Okay. Like, you know, I mean, they're literally screaming and spitting each other's faces, dude. Like, you know, um, yeah, this whole scene, I've thrown these shows, man. Like it's cool, but then it's just like, there's a lot of violence inside the scene. Uh, a lot of liability, man. And like, uh, I just don't want to be a part of that, man. Like, yeah. any, you know, I, I want to be a part of nice people, man. Like, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's why I like the rave scene, man. Yeah, I, I can relate too, bro. Like I remember in high school, like it was all about hip hop. And I don't know if you remember Paid Dues. There was a hip hop festival, Paid Dues. Did you ever go to that one? No. And, and rock, rock the bells. You know, yeah, I used to go. The, I used to go to those and stuff. And then, I used to and then, rock the bells, ghetto fest, dude, ghetto yeah. fest. <laughs> and then I started going to the raves, and I started to feel the difference. I was like, wait a minute, like hip hops, you just. Yeah, you just like bob your head and you just go like this in the crowd. They're like everybody jump or whatever. Everyone's high and it's just like a mellow vibe. And then I start going to raves and I was like, man, there's so much en more energy here. The vibe is way better. The people are so much nicer. Girls are half naked. You know, there's you know multiple stages to walk around. Like you, like you said, there's exhibits. There's art cars. 
way better, bro. Like, so I, yeah, yeah I fell, yeah. fell in love with it. You know, I just feel like, I just feel like a lot of the people who don't understand, uh, the plural, man, it's not emphasized enough in today's like rave scene, man. Like, you, oh you yeah. Think, like, um, people think plur is like donating to like a charity, uh, because like your organization, uh, makes money or something like that. You know what I mean? They think that's like plur of you. It's like, no, it's the whole vibe of yeah. your event, man. It's like, dude, people, I haven't ever, I don't think in today's society, if you had, uh, people walking around passing out lollipops, people would accept those lollipops because people are worried about people lacing drugs now, mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with candy and stuff like that. Now, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like there's that there's that like sense of community sense of like, dude, this is a uh, very like safe place that doesn't exist at the underground parties I've been going to, man. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just got to dude when you're just shooting text blasts at like everybody, like all the time, like advertising a free party. Yeah. So you sell alcohol illegally. You're, you know, <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get those kinds of people coming, you know, and you're booking people who just started DJing who like. Don't belong DJ in there just because they like, you know, they got a, a like, a, a, like, you know, I don't want to talk shit, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. people like that. It's just like, dude, it's just a matter of time before someone does something at your party and then uh, you're going to get a ticket, man. And it, you know what I mean? Or like some somebody's going to, uh, you know, liability, man. You know, you yeah. know that rave in NorCal? in the warehouse that there was a fire and then fucking mm. like a shit ton of people died basically do you, do you uh, remember that uh-uh. anyways it was like a few years back probably 2000 actually yeah it sounds familiar yeah 2018 you, you know what i mean it's just like you know these, these things are like uh people are irresponsible i went to a party recently it was like in the middle of a loading dock and the two walls were like truck like big rig trucks i was like dude what kind of what kind of fucking production is this <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not a, this doesn't feel like a, a rave. This feels like a, a anarchy party kind of, <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, like I said, man, I don't know. The vibe is just in LA. It's just like, I don't know. It, it's mixed. You know? Yeah. I mean? the, the vibe, the vibe has definitely changed. You know, and I hate to be those older guys that are like, man, back in my day, you know, Theo was talking about that too. Like, man, back in my day, it was so different, you know, even though it really was, you know, but I definitely get what you're saying, you know? So let, let's talk about, you know, the, your, your shenanigans project, you know, talk about that project, you know, what, what is your goal for it as well as for your new project, uh, midnight movement? Well, dude, man, like for me, um, <clears throat> whenever I do something, uh, I want to try to do it at a professional level, man. And so during the pandemic, um, I had already started producing, but uh, actually I named this whole project just shenanigans because it's like me fucking around, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like during the period of uh, time of the pandemic, I was able to uh, get a mentor and um, also find a really good production partner that like we really encourage each other to get better and better. And we're still encouraging each other to get uh, better and better. And um so, uh, you know, I took shenanigans to the next level before it was like, like I said, I was producing hip hop. Right. And then um, I realized my passion for house music and uh, uh, I just wanted to get better and better at it. So the new project Midnight Movement is like actually me being for real. You know? oh, OK, <laughs> actually, yeah. actually, like me, like uh, I'm really I feel like I'm like ready as an artist to really put myself out there. The shenanigans 
the uh, uh the logo is a muppet i made of myself basically right yeah so the muppet kind of represents my my id basically it's like all the bad things that like you know i want to <laughs> get into you, you know what i mean yeah. so i i didn't really kind of like show my face that much for that project because at the end of the day it was just me fucking around a little yeah. bit yeah so midnight movement is me and uh my bro giovanni rico um and then uh you know basically we just he went to icon collective basically and uh it's a really great school with a lot of resources he got he got a lot out of it um i didn't go to any formal education i just kind of got personal uh sessions um for years until my mentor graduated me to uh the level that we are right now and i feel like we're ready to kind of like present it to the world so um that's dude, awesome thanks for uh supporting me on this party man i really yeah. want uh i really appreciate you man and yeah. like, we're gonna work together more and more yeah yeah it's awesome i got to to meet uh with alurum you know a, a little bit and talk to him a little bit at your uh your barbecue and yeah that, that's cool man that he went to icon you know and so yeah you i can really see you guys you know taking taking this to the next level and i, I love the name and you know I, I i like seeing how you guys are commenting on the post and putting the little the midnight emoji and all that so you got a little brand going yeah, you know? thank you thank you yeah. so much man. yeah i mean at the end of the day like this all kind of <clears throat> wraps back around like dude the la scene is for us it's like it's just like really horrible right now i feel like we can actually make a difference like you know i can actually show the scene like how it was for me when i grew up what kind of vibe i was getting you know yeah. so uh, it's, it's like it's a midnight movement man like yeah. for us, right and i'm gonna combine the whole art thing oh, uh, yeah. and uh <clears throat> kind of go from there but dude i want to tell you i want to talk about um uh running away from the security man and yeah, i was uh, gonna get into that right now yeah but hold on i so i used to work for this one dj named uh matt Derry. basically he's a trance artist and um he uh one time was doing a i think it was like love festival at uh at the um la sports arena basically what year but, was that um it must have been like 2007 or okay i remember love festival like 2009 I remember it, yeah. Yeah, something like that. It was it was a it was a different promotion company. It wasn't even Insomnia. It was a different one. I don't want to shout them out because I don't think they have a good reputation anyways. But um but uh uh yeah, so it's like it's funny. We're all backstage inside the um uh I guess the locker room area where they have all the artists kind of like hang out, right? And then um before before they go on the show, you, you know. Okay. Have you been back there before? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's like all the locker rooms, they just give them each a section. Kind oh, yeah, of yeah. Fill in, right? And then somehow, um, dude, he told me to go outside to get the his ride that was supposed to come after uh, that was supposed to come after the show to pick him up. Right. So I walk outside and then all of a sudden the security guard won't let me in anymore, man. Like, you know, and then I'm like, fuck, he won't answer his cell phone. Yeah. And so you said you were a promoter. I basically worked for him. OK. Or uh, his, uh, uh, I work for his podcast, his radio yeah. called Nocturnal oh, okay. Radio, basically. It's still going on, I think. He's a UK uh, DJ, uh, Matt Derry, right? <clears throat> so um, all of a sudden, this big-ass security guard wouldn't let me in anymore, man. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm missing the whole, I'm missing the whole party, dude. You know what I mean? So I literally was just like, I pointed in one direction. I was like, hey, what's going on over there? He looked in that direction, and I booked it, and I just ran back in, and then he, tried to in, into the uh locker room area and yeah. he was chasing me man okay he yeah. was chasing me and i was going fuck fuck matt like you know yelling and then yeah, all yeah. Of a sudden i got all the way back in the in the weighing room basically and then 
uh, basically, I was like, dude, this guy's like not letting me back in, man. Can you let him know that like uh, I'm with you? And they let him know. And basically, he he, he like let me stay. Basically, <laughs> But it was like one of those decisions. I was like, dude, if I don't fucking like break the rules right here right now, dude, I'm not getting back in this party. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's my story, man. Yeah, Tell me about yeah, I got plenty of those. Which one did you want to know about? <laughs> well, did you try to bum rush a festival without paying before, or like? Uh... Uh, let's see. So, I don't want to name the festival, but I did. I did uh, get get into a festival. It's a well known one. Uh, two day, two days in a row with a fake wristband that I designed. <laughs> first, I want to say. Uh, first, I want to say to the listeners, don't do don't do these things. You know, I'm not a. These are all legend. These I'm not all- recommending it. I'm not recommending it. These are just stories. You know, I was a broke college kid. I was a broke college student. And I I had to find a way into my into these parties. You know what I mean? So, um, I remember. Yeah, I remember that that would start happening at some of the uh, promotions. Um, I would go to. Uh, I remember Monster Massive one year. Um, yeah, the security just it was like really done poorly, and then people started getting really pissed off because they had been waiting there for like two hours. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people were just like, fuck it. We're just going to push it out on the fence. And then everybody, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like seeing that, you know. Yeah. But anyways, with my with my wristband story. So I literally designed. I knew what the wristband was going to look like. I designed the, the wristband, you know, these certain colors. And I, I wrote the name on it. I designed it in Canva. Are you familiar with Canva? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Canva. <laughs> I, I designed it in Canva. It wasn't even Photoshop or anything. And it was just, it was so ghetto, you know. And then I hired I hired this girl on Etsy to print it out, and I got like a hundred wristbands for like ten bucks or something. And I yeah. pr- printed my design on there, and I was looking at it. I was like, man, this looks like shit. This is not gonna work. You know what I mean? And then like the next thing was is I needed that little plastic piece, that QR yeah. code. And I was like, fuck, like. And luckily, I have like stored away in my closet like all this rave memorabilia from over the years, old wristbands and all that, you know. And and so I found one with the exact same color, and. Uh, <laughs> And so I put it on and I was like, hey, this isn't, I mean, this isn't half bad, I guess, you know, and then I, I go to the rave, you know, and, and it's a, the QR code is not going to scan, you know what I mean? And so I wore some candy bracelets over my yeah, wrist exactly. to kind of like hide it a little bit and I'm nervous. Right. And it was like, I'm, you know, the first, the first uh, entry point is your ID. I can show my ID. I'm in, you know, I'm in that past one, the first one. <laughs> and then I'm looking and they have like eight, eight different ticket scanners lined up, like eight of them. Right. And I'm looking, I'm like scanning. I'm like, which which one is going to be the chill one? You know what I mean? And I'm looking and I'm looking and I see this guy. He's like kind of he's got his ticket scanner in his hand and he's kind of like dancing. He's like grooving or whatever to the music. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, there's my guy. And I get in that, <laughs> I get <laughs> I get in that line. And then, dude, like, I don't know. I just put my wristband out and he scanned it. And I heard it go error, error. Like the, there was a noise that went off. It was like, you know, error, error. And I just kept walking. Yeah. <laughs> and that okay. was day, that was day one. Right. So okay. then day two, I'm like, fuck, I got lucky, man. How did I do this one day? Like, I, yeah. how am I going to do it two days in a row? You know what I mean? So same thing. Day two, I'm looking, I'm looking. Same guy. You know, I'm like, you know what? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Kind of a thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> same guy. So I go in the same thing and two days in a row, bro. Crazy. Damn, dude. That's well, hey, man, that's just that, you're just blessed, man. I feel like uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I got that's lucky, awesome, man. Yeah, because that's their their fault. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm telling you, man, just the bum rushing the stage, I'm bum rushing the thing. It's it definitely used to happen sometimes, but I like I said, at the end, it's because of greedy promoters, man. They oversell it. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, they don't have the uh, uh, crowd control to handle yeah. it. Like you yeah. know, what I mean? so yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, I, mean, I mean, I've been in the scene for so long. I think it's just like. It's really popular right now, for sure. Like, oh I mean, yeah, more popular than ever. 
um, oh, just yeah. because I think, you know, in terms of music, I don't think people necessarily know what to listen to still. Like a lot of times, like, you know, they kind of have to find it on their own. And yeah. then, uh, because if you're brand new, like, oh, yeah, it's really hard to like know where to start. You know, if you don't yeah. Have any friends or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. What was your first rave? My first rave was uh, it was at the Hutter. I started going to these little like drum and bass shows at like a, a skate shop in Compton. These were kind of like underground events. And then I went to one called Spread the Love. It was at Hudson, the Gotham City in San Bernardino. And that was my first time, uh, you know, dabbling, you know, ex- exper- experimenting with, you know, rolling, you know, and uh, that, that that changed my life forever. And then I went to EDC LA at the Coliseum in 2009. And that was, you know, ever since then, you know, I was hooked. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been, I went to EDC that last year at the Coliseum too. Um, like I said, other parties, Alexandria Hotel, Master Dome, like, you know, fucking a lot of different events, man. Like back in the day, I can't even remember all the venues, but, you know, it's just like uh, the, the type of music that's popular changes and then the clubs get really popular and the festivals get really popular. And then there's going to be like genres that go underground and kind of build their oh, own. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like scene, you know, the scene's yeah. so big compared to like what it was before, you know. Oh, yeah. Right. So back in the day, like you can go to raves for like 15, 20 bucks, man. Like it's really hard to find something cool to go to uh for that price nowadays, you know. So um Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget, man. EDC two thousand nine, like you know, I was how dude, I was like a sixteen year old kid, man, in high school, you know, just like finding this amazing community. And going into the Coliseum and just seeing the sea floor of ravers on the Coliseum floor. And I'm walking down the Coliseum and then just like, you know, getting down there. And I was super into Cascade at that time. And that's nice. remember that song Move For Me? And fuck, you know, that song was like popular at the time. And he had like a sunset set and the sun was going down, you know, and that song was going on. And I was with these hot chicks and me and my friends, you know, <laughs> and and it was just like, dude, I'll, I'll cherish those memories. Dearly, yeah, no, I mean? for sure, man. Dude, yeah. I used, I totally know what you mean by walking down. I was at this place called Cal Palace in Sacramento. And uh, you can walk. The cool thing is, like, you could actually walk from the very top bleacher all the way down to the stage. Normally, you oh, got to wow. go like some side area, go down an escalator or, or whatever. Right. But I remember Cal Palace, you can do that. Um, I'll walk all the way down to the stage. And, uh, you know, for Cascade, I, dude, I remember when I got in Cascade, he was like a house house DJ on Ohm Records. And yeah. then that called everything, right? Oh and yeah. I was just like, that's when I got into him. I was oh, like, yeah. this is so fucking good, dude. Like uh, I used to love trance so much, but Cascade actually like kind of like started converting me over to uh more and more housey stuff. You, you oh know? yeah, so, dude. His old stuff, uh, I love that stuff so much. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, during that period of time, it was like DJ Collette and uh yeah. Together, right? You know, those DJs, DJ Irene, like those types of DJs were going on when I first started raving. Yeah, man, yeah. we would travel, man. We would travel to fucking NorCal and PAX to fucking go to, like, these, like, uh, events because I was like, dude, like, you know, there's uh, th- this awesome house scene and also this awesome trance scene in NorCal. L.A. was more uh, drum and bass focused, I guess you would say, you yeah. know, and there was a lot of different stuff going on in L.A., yeah. but it definitely was not as big in L.A., so, yeah, um, like I said, it's not so cool to say you like trance now, but, like, and... Yeah, um, I, remember, I remember the trance scene back then was definitely popular. I'd like to ask you, too, you know, how come it seems like Asians really, really love trance and, like... Dude, man, I think... What I think, causes uh, that? Dude, you know what? I think we just like dreamy, breathy vocals. Yeah. Because, uh, a lot of Asians, I feel like, you know, they like that kind of, like, 
uh innocence kind of like feel right a lot of anime kind of like like i said if you oh imagine, yeah okay can you imagine like yeah. some like sailor moon type vocal okay, yeah. like kind of like trancy breathy vocals right but now asians like shit like like zed which is like uh, like i said for me i'm just like oh god you know and like <laughs> like fucking i don't know people like kyle walker man i'm just like god, i don't really i mean elenium like people like that you know you know yeah. what i mean like, i don't like those types of like artists you know what i mean and uh you know like poor robinson's new stuff like yeah. i don't you know like asians like kind of like that vibe maddie on uh but uh you know i'm i'm different definitely like like i said i keep i keep in touch with like knowing what the asians like but i definitely i don't i try not to participate in group think as much you know <laughs> yeah yeah i remember i did like zed at one point i saw him years ago at the la state historic park uh when that song clarity was out you know i i, I liked him a little bit then but yeah i mean Robinson actually like helped write that song as well too oh really look at the credits the thing is like i think it's because you became a dj and like you realize that those songs do like nothing for you um on the dance floor basically <laughs> right you yeah. know basically as a dj as a club dj right yeah Maybe if one day if we can get to the level that these guys are at and then uh you know what i mean so uh i think that that's kind of like your music taste maturing and understanding how the dance floor works so uh, it, it kind of just changes your taste, you, you know what I mean, right? So, yeah. uh, um, like I said, nothing against uh, Zed, man. I'm sure he's a great producer and a nice guy. Yeah. It's just, the uh, target audience, just like, hey, man, Taylor Swift. It's like I can I can understand like why people like this music, but it's not really like targeted like at me at me basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But hey, like if we can get the door open for you to like other types of electronic dance music, that's uh. You know that's really that'd be re really it's a great thing right you know it's all about uh, promoting the scene and uh good vibes at least from my end right yeah so i wanted to tell you another quick story about how it was at the la state historic park how uh we snuck in a gallon of rum the day before the event bro my, my friend won tickets to a, a festival from like amp radio or something and i drove him <laughs> out there to go pick him up at the radio station and he we picked him up and then i was like hey like you know what like the festival's tomorrow like I've seen videos of people doing this before. Like, do you want to try and like stash a bottle of liquor inside the event the day before? So that way it's there waiting for us when we get in. And dude, I literally, we bought a, a gallon. Of, this, this was in my wild times. You know what I mean? We bought a gallon of uh, Captain Morgan, poured it in a bunch of little 12 ounce water bottles, right? Put it in a grocery bag. I hopped the fence and then, you know, no one saw me and I ran behind some porta potties and stashed it underneath these porta potties. And then I was like, all right, we'll see if it's there the next day. And then we go, we go into the event the next day. And it was, I, first place I go to was behind those porta potties and the bag was still there waiting. And me and my whole group just got drunk as hell for free. Like with all the sticks. So you had porta potty rum. Yeah. <laughs> now good. I mean, it was on the outside, you know, like, I know, I know. I'm like, dude, it seems like just like sneaking a couple tabs of acid is easier, bro. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but no, I mean, but no, that's cool, man. Like, uh, uh, but dude, man, I feel like nowadays a lot of people just drink at the events, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like back in the day, like bars made no money, man. Like yeah. <laughs> bars made no money, dude. Like, you, you know what I mean? It was just everybody's drinking water, dude. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And if water was over five bucks, people are getting pissed off, dude. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So uh there's a lot more, you know, sitting on the dance floor, I feel like a lot of that going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, but dude, man, um, yeah, it's just interesting yeah. how things change, man. And yeah. uh, you know, you talk about Theo earlier, dude. He was always like DJing the parties when I first started um coming up in the race mm -hmm. scene. 
Yeah. So always mad respect to to Jake, man. Oh yeah. So um, so yeah, it's kind of pivoting for a second, you know. So you're also a host of the Paint the Town podcast. Tell the listeners a little bit about that and where they can find you there. Yeah, basically, um, uh, Paint the Town podcast is I co-host it with a street artist named Teacher, and he's one of the uh, really great artists that. Um, I got to know during the period of time when um, I started LA Street Art Gallery, basically. Yeah, cool so, guy. yeah um, you know, I just felt like, dude, this guy's so talented and he has the connections to all these different street artists. Um, why don't I help him? Because I was already DJing his uh, art shows. And I was like, why don't I just help this guy like uh, put together a podcast? This guy's pretty much, uh, um, he doesn't know how to do a lot of, uh, um, you know, uh technology stuff right but he's a great artist and he yeah. has a good network so i was like we can do this together we've had a lot of great artists like you know dave navarro has come on our podcast dave yeah i Mar- saw that addiction he's come on like three times man nice uh, um you know he's a friend of uh keith's uh i definitely met him uh quite a few times too um you know a lot of other local la artists man i mean at the end of the day uh if you like cool local art um you know i definitely can hook you up man and uh there's a whole scene and I know not all the uh, uh, people, you know, get down with dancing. Right. So like at our parties, you know, artists, they get to do like, you know, art things, basically like uh, the visual kids need to draw, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. parties, right? that's how they socialize. Yeah. So, um, I just thought it's kind of a cool scene to combine these two because I was already DJing these parties, basically. Right? Yeah. So. Um, so, you know, Paint the Town podcast is basically the uh, artist journey of me and uh, my co-host, who's a street artist, you know, we call it DJ and street art stories. Nice. And, uh, we've been doing it for six years and uh, we really just kind of like talk to anybody who we want to talk to. Like I said, we've had opportunities to have sponsors and things like that. And at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, we have Patreon, we have, uh, uh, you know, just depending on like what we want to do. But at the end of the day, we want to just have a, uh, the ability to express ourselves and also just chronicleize our journey too. You know, it's always good to uh, kind of see how far you come, man. Yeah. So I want to say, you know, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over these past couple of years, you know, um, you know, I, I really rec- uh, recommend you for, you know, I look up to you, bro. Like, you know, you got Thanks, your, man. you got your career going, you got the podcast, you got the, you got the DJ thing going. And I kind of want to have a similar life. You know, I got the marketing career, you know, I want to do the podcast thing, you know, the DJ thing. So I'd like to ask you, man, you know, like what advice would you give to people out there who are passionate about multiple fields, but they fear that they have to choose just one? Well, basically at the end of the day, you just got to stay true to yourself, man. Okay? Exactly. Like, like, I think it's just like, you know, I thought, I, um, <clears throat> like, for example, there's a period of time I told you I was producing hip hop. Right. And honestly, I thought I could be like this, like hip hop producer, like, you know what I mean? Like Dr. Yeah. Dre, like yeah. fucking Johnny J or, or fucking whoever, man. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, you get into you, you, like the deeper you get into all this kind of stuff, you just, you'll feel how comfortable you are in all those things. And I feel like, you know, actually I had dinner with Theo one time, uh, Jake, and he told me one thing um, during this period of time. He was just like, dude, focus on having fun, man. Like, okay, oh, yeah. it was like, um, that's what's most important, I think. Yeah. You know? And uh, for me, I just want to always do things at a professional level. So I hold myself to that standard, yeah. right? But as long as I'm having fun with it too, like for years because of production, man, like 
I would get pissed off and I would want to quit all the time, man. Mm, all yeah. the time. Okay. All the time. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't need this shit. I don't need to, I don't need to get mad about music production uh, because I'm already successful in all these other areas. Right. Yeah. Like, I realized I was just like, dude, I was just being a bitch, man. Like, you know, making excuses, like wanting to quit dude. at the end. Like now I'm at a level where my mentor graduated me <clears throat> and uh, I know I'm at a level where I'm doing it at professionally. So now it's just kind of like about making uh, products that the market wants, right? So yeah. like really seeing the trend of like how the market is going with like songs and then trying to uh, make myself valuable to record labels, man. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's really, uh, and also throwing our own shows, man. Like yeah. I don't want random people that are have bad vibes at my parties. You, you know what I mean? So we're going to throw like cool shows. And yeah. then uh, <clears throat> as you notice, it's like, dude, I already know who's coming. It's a secret location. Everybody's got to get approved. And, uh, you know, it's going to be sold out for sure. This this party that we're going to play, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, like I said, it's all people that are a little network, man. Like, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, talk, to, talk to us a little bit more about that party. Yeah, like what's going to be there? What can the guests expect? Um, well, my co-host and uh, another artist named Curtis Stokes, they're going to be doing some live art there. Um, so basically I'm going to, uh, like I said, man, I wanted to make it an art exhibit of what a rave is in my mind, you know? So um, we're going to have ILT lights doing the lighting, man. It's going to be nice. super thick. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, like I said, a lot of cool strobe lighting and uh, just whatever to make make the lights pop. Um, I'm going to have like a kind of like an interactive thing going on where everybody gets a piece of candy uh bracelet when you uh, uh first enter and you can kind of like collect it from other people to get to get a to get the kind of like a nicer prize man i brought this on the show check this piece of candy out man it's a mario kart candy that goes uh, like all the way around dude it's one of those cuffs huh yeah it's one of those yeah. cuffs man it's dude it's so crazy how creative rave kids are man yeah. so like you know just like you know encourage people to just kind of like interact with each other by collecting each other's bracelets right um you know we're gonna have drinks there uh you know we're definitely gonna kick it in the green room man before i go on dude because uh i always believe like people need to have like a space to kind of get in the right mental state before they go on on stage man yeah. right is, i think it's very important and uh, yeah. not doesn't always provide um the artist that these raves you know what i mean so yeah so i'm gonna add a little information about the party to the description of the video but also to the listeners if you're interested in coming you know feel free to message me or message james about about the event and we'll we'll get you on that list um yes yeah, it's, it's it's gonna sell out for sure man like you know what i mean so it's just like uh i think it's already like 100 people confirmed right now so it just really depends on like how many people we want to let more in but uh yeah. i want to keep it small and intimate and uh mm like a nice crowd so the vibes are good you know yeah. what I mean? so can't wait man it's gonna yeah. be fun yeah so uh kind of closing it out you know so what is the vision for the future of your work dude man i'm already living the dream every single fucking day bro like you know what i mean like the only thing missing in my life is i'm not playing festivals yet dude okay that, <laughs> that's like a really ridiculous ask dude okay like you Close. know a lot, of, <clears throat> a lot of things have to come together to make that happen and uh you know i'm gonna keep on trying man but uh Dude, literally, man, I wake up every single day feeling like super blessed. And uh, like I said, I live a great life, man. And um, awesome. I'm very blessed. And uh, I just want to basically, uh, you know, take people who are on the same journey as me. Maybe we can go together and work together. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like what I'm all about, man. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you're definitely 
kind of a, a motivating, inspirational kind of a guy. So can you send the listeners out there a final message of, of motivation and inspiration to people who might be struggling out there <clears throat> or, or trying to find their way? Dude, man. Um, sure. I've been through a lot of shit in my life. I'm not a person that's just like, uh, everything came to me easily, man. So, I mean, we can get into a details another time in another episode or later down the line, but, uh, dude, I've been through a lot of shit in my life, man. And, uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, I basically really, really learned to, uh, depend on myself, man. And really just like, know who the fuck is down for me, man. So, I think, you know, just keep your network tight and really, really look at people for who they are. Dude, bro, you inspired me too, man. I fucking uh, wanted to, uh, you know, we were talking about doing this podcast a long time ago when we first met, when I heard you at the club. But I was like, dude, let's wait till like we kind of get do a collab together. Mm -hmm. And you went and ahead uh, and started your own podcast, man. And what, dude, what, whoever the fuck you're talking to, it's awesome, man, because yeah. dude, there's like whoever fucks with you fucks with you dude and it's like a slow build of your artistry and yeah. things are gonna change and like uh like i said man the fact that you're doing this like people are that people are scared to fucking do what you do bro you, you know what i mean yeah. Like, oh yeah right it's just like dude just to get out there like you know what i mean like, just try just for trying try, dude, yeah. exactly like when, when when i grew up like trying uh was not cool dude like okay now now at least like people have accepted that like uh you know people are you know trying to do get their own face out on the internet like doing tiktoks like nobody's uh making funny as much for trying okay but i'm saying back in the day like <laughs> it's like even trying was like not cool you seem like <laughs> you were uh doing too much and like yeah, caring too much okay you, you know what i mean so we've come a long way in society you know on some things and uh like i said man dude i think dude your your tracks are getting better and better dude and uh like i said man i think that um you know i do like i said good shit bro and uh you definitely inspired me too man so uh yeah, thank you, thank like you. That, dude. You, yeah. you know what i mean so uh keep doing it man you're, yeah. you're doing uh, all the right things and uh whatever success i have i would like to share it with you too you know what i mean so yeah, yeah we can make it happen man you're you're very close bro like let's just keep working you know what i mean Thank so, uh, you. I'm glad it appears that way, bro, because like I said, I, I don't I don't necessarily feel that way. I mean, like I said, really, right now, uh, my main goals are just like, you know, I want to get a tr I, I, I want to there's a lot of labels who offer stuff like for my tracks or whatever. But I'm like, dude, unless you can really offer like a show or something for me, like I don't really want to like I just want to do it independently. Right. <clears throat> you, you know what I mean? Because it's like I can throw my own shows, dude, like. uh you know, I'm very yeah. picky about like the sound and production, right? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, unless it's like a label that can really help me out, like, uh, there's no point in like really like signing any tracks to anybody, right? Yeah. You know, what I mean? so I just gotta like find, uh, slowly, man. I'm still trying to get to sign to the labels I want to, but it's great because everything's easy, independent now. Just distro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, you'll know if people like it, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I have a lot of a lot of ideas for you for this midnight movement uh, uh, party. You know, we could talk in the future about it. You know, there's there's a lot of potential there. So let's see how Dude, this, yeah. this party this party goes on on the 29th, and we'll go from there. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you, James. Uh, thank oh, you yeah, for bro. meeting with me today. I want to thank you for providing such an entertaining episode. You know, I can't wait for that party on the 29th. It's going to be a great time. Uh, so I also want to thank the listeners for sticking around to the end. So you know. Uh, kind of closing it out, you know, please tell everyone where to find your information and I'll also add it to the description of the video. Yeah, you can find us at MDNT MVMT. 
on Instagram and pretty much everything. Midnight Movement is spelled M-D-N-T-M-B-M-T. And uh, my personal uh, music page is uh, Shenanigans Music. Um, and uh, that's me on Instagram and everything pretty much. So uh, Spotify Shenanigans with the exclamation point. All right. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, dude, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, yeah, man. I look forward always to chatting with you and seeing your face, bro. All right, bro. Have a good one. Oh, yeah. Take care, bro. Peace. Later.